Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence, and hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, beautiful people. Today, I am all by my lonesome. This will be my first solo episode, so please be kind. Today is episode 21. And I'm going to be talking about nature versus nurture. So I think usually we start, I'm going to have to get used to not saying we when I'm alone, but usually I start with explaining what this is. So nature is what we think of as a pre-wiring and is influenced by our genetic inheritance and other biological factors. When I think of this, I kind of think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. When we say that, we might say that about us, ourselves, from our parents or from our siblings, because genetically we might think, okay, we're, we're like this person because of our genetic makeup. Now, nature is generally taken as the influence of any external factor after we're born. So this would be the product of what we're exposed to life experiences, and learning on an individual level. With this, we might hear the saying that you're the product of your own environment. So we are who we are because of what we're around. I hear a lot of parents saying this about their kids saying, you are who you're around with. So, you know, be careful who you hang out with. So that's the basis of nature and nurture. Now, I'm sure you all have heard of the nature versus nurture quote-unquote debate, and this involves the extent to which particular aspects of behavior are a product of either inherited, like I said, genetic, or acquired, which is learned influences. And questioning and looking into where our traits and why we are the way that we are can be traced back all the way back to Aristotle. Now, Aristotle focused on empiricism, which is the knowledge that's gained through our experiences. And on the other hand, Plato emphasized nativism, which suggests that knowledge is inborn. Now, a big question is, are certain traits or behaviors inherited or coded in our genes? For example, there was a convicted murderer in New Mexico that's currently making a biologically based legal argument that he lacks self-control and responsibility after learning that he has a rare genetic abnormality. So a lot of the times people will say, you know, I am this way because of, of, of genes, not because I want to be, or if this is something that's out of my, maybe my control or something that I didn't choose or I didn't learn, this is just what's in me. And this person is saying because of a certain genetic makeup is making them lack self-control. Now, behavioral genetics has 
made it possible for psychology to quantify the relative contribution of nature and nurture in regards to specific psychological traits. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in terms of those traits. Um, but I think, you know, instead of defending extreme nativist or nurturist views, uh, most psychological research is is now it, more interested in, invest, in investigating and figuring out how nature and nurture interact with one another rather than, you know, the versus and being something that's this or that. It's just this and that. For example, epigenetics is an emerging area of research which shows how environmental influence influences affect the expression of genes. So that's that kind of research that that focuses on both rather than one or the other. Now, why am I even talking about this? Why is this important? What does this have to do with mental health? What does this have to do with with well-being? Well, nature is a, a really huge factor in the development of mental health conditions like schizophrenia, bipolar, and even major depression, which is one of the more common disorders. So but, uh, research shows that bipolar is, is four to six times more likely to develop when there's a family history of, the, of, this, of this disorder. But the development of mental illness is not 100% genetic. For example, they've done studies on twins. Uh, One might be diagnosed with schizophrenia, and data has shown that the other twin only has a 50% chance of also developing schizophrenia, not a 100% chance. So obviously identical twins have identical dna so if it was if it was all genetics then there would be no difference both twins would have this disorder but what creates those those differences is the environment and you know other things that that are involved with with development uh, research also indicates that alcohol addiction can recur in families and that certain genes may influence how alcohol tastes and how it affects the body. So, I mean, a lot of people think, well, no, nobody made you start drinking. You know, people that don't really understand addiction might have those misperceived and misconceptions, uh, but they're actually, they have found that there are certain genes that, that influence um, how, how it affects certain people's bodies. And some genetic factors might cause a predisposition for an illness, but the probability of that person to l- develop that illness depends on the environment being nurture. So again, there's that combination of nature and nurture. So this shows how truly interconnected uh, both of these these things are, rather than being two forces that are that are competing against one another. So I was doing some research on on YouTube, watching TED Talks and and things like that about uh, neuroscience, and I stumbled upon uh, a neuroscientist named James Fallon, who got really into analyzing brains of psychopathic killers. So he was given he would be given the brains of all these all these murderers and he he started to 
to focus on the genetics, brain damage, and the environment that they were coming from and, and to better understand how the brain works. And he looked at this data and he found out that you end up with a psychopath killer is when damage occurs to the brain. So he, he found this pattern that, it, that those people um, had damage to their orbital cortex. And there's also a major violence gene called the MAOA gene, which we can only get from our mother. Um, and this has to do with creating too much serotonin during development. So when a person is trying to get serotonin as an adult, they it, it doesn't really mean as much to them. You know, something that might make me very excited, very happy, that rush of adrenaline, it, it won't have the same effect in this individual because of that, of having too much serotonin during the, the developmental stage. So their brain then becomes insensitive to the serotonin. Um, and in order to express this gene in a violent way, it, it usually occurs uh, due to early um, or even before puberty to have experienced uh, a traumatic event. So having the gene plus seeing a lot of violence is basically the recipe for the psychopathic killer, according to the research by this neuroscientist, James Fallon. Now, after doing this research, James, James Fallon ironically finds out that there's nine people in his family that were murderers. So now he's like, oh, shoot, I, I, I might have this gene. Um, and he has the genes of what makes someone a violent person. But he, he says he is the person that he is today because he was raised in a loving family without any major traumas during his young adulthood and, you know, developmental stage. So at the end, he basically identifies the three key ingredients for psychopathology, which is genetics, carrying, carrying one or more of the high-risk uh, violence-related genes. Second, the loss of brain function of the frontal lobe. Uh, and the frontal lobe codes for ethics, morati morality, conscience, uh, and controls impulse. And then third, the early childhood abuse. So that alone is also combining the nature and nurture debate. Another thing that I found that was pretty interesting is that researchers at the University of Liverpool recently found that while a family history of mental health conditions was the second strongest predictor of mental illness, the strongest predictor was life events and life experiences like childhood bullying, abuse, and any other type of trauma. Now, in the, in the mental health field, most therapeutic approaches take from both the nature and nurture-based philosophies. I have never met a therapist, a colleague that, that focuses on just one to address issues in therapy. Um, so many seek to address the interaction between both nature and nurture. 
For example, using medication to treat a mental illness issue may be a primarily nature-based approach, um, like using SSRIs, serotonin, reuptake inhibitors that will help somebody with depression, anxiety, say, but will also combine behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, which stems obviously from behavior psychology and addresses a person's upbringing and conditioning and This takes more of a nurture-based point of view. Meanwhile, therapies based in cognitive psychology may be more likely to address the effects of both nature and nurture. And this is one of the big reasons why therapists love to talk about about your childhood because this can tell tell a lot about a person, tell a lot about why they are who they are, and it could be a really good catalyst to figure out, okay, this is where this is stemming from, and this is what we have to work on. So I think the takeaway for me, and I'd love to hear from you as well, is is to some extent we do have control. Of course, we do not in certain circumstances, like when we're children. I, I can't control whether I go through a traumatic event as a child. And that is one of the biggest pieces of this nature and times nurture debate is that why are you the way you are as an adult? Why do you struggle with these things? Well, I went through these really traumatic events during a time where my brain was developing and my brain did not develop to the best of its ability. If if we're in an abusive relationship or it's very difficult to get out of the environment that we're in. That's another situation where we might feel like, no, I really don't have control right now. It's either this or homelessness or being in an even more unsafe environment. So I think it's really important to focus on on the small things that we can control because a combination of those small things makes a huge difference. I think this was, you know, I think this was really good for me to look deeper into because I I was always thinking, you know, I'm more of a nurture uh, believer, but it's, it's really both of them combined that makes us who we are. And this has made it easier for me to understand how to help the people that I work with. So I hope you, you got something good out of, out of this podcast and you can talk to other people about the nature times nurture rather than nature versus nurture. Thank you for listening and keep growing. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Just look up at Growthology Podcast, no space.